0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, B.J. Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What's up, everybody? Hey, super excited to have this episode of the podcast brought to you by Grounds Care Unlimited. They are turf and dirt contractors. They specialize in sports and turf management. They offer a wide range of products and services, so if you're interested in things like phrase mowing or the shockwave, deep tine, uh, uh, linear aerification, uh, overseeding. They have just a ton of opportunities to uh, improve your turf, improve the health, the quality, all of that stuff. And uh, I appreciate them jumping on board to be an official sponsor uh, of this podcast and, you can reach those guys over at 615-405-8269 or on Twitter at GC Unlimited. You can find them there. You can read, uh, see more about what they do, what they offer. And uh, they'd be happy to uh, come out and give you a demo. So be sure that you heard this on the uh, podcast, and Making the Turn, and uh, tell them that you heard it here and that you want to have them come out and show you what they offer. So appreciate them coming on. And welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. Thanks for everybody for listening and uh, checking out the podcast. Um, Today, with me, I have a gentleman that I've gotten to know a little bit as we've gone along, and uh, he is a Owner, superintendent, extraordinaire, man who wears many hats, Matthew Powell. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for uh, inviting me out today. It's a little cloudy outside. We're at Pebble Brook Golf Course, and I uh, appreciate you having me up.
1: Yeah, man. It's uh, uh, it's good to be on. Yep. I, I You always worry about if uh, <laughs> if you're going to say the right thing or the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh We'll loosen it up and, oh, yeah. and have a good conversation, kind oh, yeah. of like we've had so far.
0: Well, I've been after you for a little while, and it's uh, fi- it's fun to get uh, get together and talk and chat about you and uh, what you got going and everything. And uh, you know, it's, uh we'll just we'll just go wherever it takes us, man. It's uh, it's all good.
1: You uh, you're a fan of the podcast, all here? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I've listened to mo- almost all of the episodes. Yep. Probably not all. Yeah. Uh, I made mention a few minutes ago that. When, when you're spraying greens or yep. or riding in a tractor all day, sometimes yep. it's nice to have a longer podcast. Yeah, but it can get monotonous. Yeah. I can see that too.
0: Are you are you a podcast fan in general? Generally, that's yeah.
1: about all I listen to. Yeah. Did, uh, are you like me
0: that like I, I sort of started out? I mean, I, I in lieu of music now, I kind of am a podcast. I still listen to music, but it's not as much as I would do. Say if I'm you know riding in the car or something like that.
1: Information. From from what I get out of the podcast, yep. I- information's a big deal. Yeah. So what's what's going on in the world? What's going around golf industry, yeah. sports turf, uh, self improvement, what, whatever you want to. You you can pretty well get into anything that you want to nowadays with yeah. a podcast and uh, to listen to people. I've always been a talk radio fan. Yeah. So for me, this is this is a great situation. Especially looking at it like talk radio. Yeah. Do you have any favorites? Uh, I do. (laughs) I I, I, besides this one, I do actually. um, uh, I listen very regularly to the uh, Unashamed podcast with the Robertson boys. Okay. So I'm not I'm not plugging it, but Mm -hmm. if if you want I've never heard that one. uh, If if you want some good unadulterated podcasting, yeah. Uh, they keep it light and airy and, yeah. and it's always now it's it's god-centered so that may turn a few people off That's but right. they talk about their duck hunting and 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 what they do in their regular lives yeah. every day and it, it, it's fun to listen to
0: yeah i'm a big i i have my my library is pretty big uh as far as it's all over the place too i listen to some informational some politics or you know mindless you know drama uh, the mindless is crime true crime ones have gotten me i i I can't get away from the true crime ones and so well
1: um, uh, american history tellers if anybody's ever that's another plug for whoever that is but (laughs) american history tellers uh it's very accurate very very interesting to listen to when you get more of the deeper parts of history yeah uh that that one's been a really good one for me yeah how do you feel like the
0: podcast? I mean, I'm I'm a little over a year into doing this in our industry and on the turf side, and you know, I'm I'm not specifically in golf. I kind of cover the whole industry. I try to. Where do you Where do you see that fitting in? As far as you got an opinion about how? I mean, it, there's very few that are out there, and I and 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 so I'm I feel like I got in on the ground floor a little
1: bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. the uh, the The biggest thing I see about it is the people. Yeah. So. <clears throat> We all have different ways that we do things, uh, different personalities, yep. and w- when you get on side of that, it's interesting to learn about the people. Sure, uh, every, everybody's different,
0: yeah.
1: and everybody has a different take. But yep. at the same time, uh, you know, it, it, it's very interesting to hear about the people. Yeah. That's that's what intrigues me more about it than anything. Yeah, maybe well, sometimes their opinions. Maybe, may, maybe the way they handle situations yeah. or or how they interact with with, with other people around them yep. those are those are the good parts of the podcast
0: yeah and that's that's kind of what i enjoy about it the most is sitting down and chatting with someone and talking about their story and how they how they got to where they are or whatever and 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 uh, i find that most most of the feedback that i get is man i didn't you know i knew i knew so and so but i didn't really know him i didn't know that he did this or this i learned so much about him from this you know, only passing them in, you know, at a, at an event or a meeting or something. And so I think that's been the biggest feedback for, it. and hopefully, you know, that's what most people are
1: getting out of it. Well, it's a fantastic icebreaker. So if you run into one of the folks <laughs> that are, that yeah. are on the podcast, yeah. uh, wh- whoever it, it may be, and yeah. has been, you know, you go up and shake their hand and say, you know, I, I heard you on the podcast. I heard you say this, yeah. uh, you know, I kind of have this, this same issue or, or. Same problem, whatever it may yep. be, and and it it's an icebreaker where I- even the so-called what we call, you know, uh, important folks or high-end folks or yeah. folks that that are in the public eye, yeah. uh, you, it brings them down to your level. Oh well, sure, and makes the interaction level.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I had my first uh, I had my first one of these the other day, and it said. You're the guy that does the podcast. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, okay." It took me took me a few episodes to get there, but that's cool. I'm not in it for me, but you know, it's just funny to hear somebody say, "Oh, you did the podcast. You're the, you're the one I've been listening to." I'm
1: like, "Yeah, that's me." I mean, I think it's fantastic for the for the content yeah. for for us guys. You know, we're we're in the Tennessee area, sure. so and I, I can see from your point of view that that's where it started, and you know the best, and that's what makes yep. it the most comfortable. Yeah, but. You, you know, at the same time as it expands, because it'll expand. I hope so, yeah. Uh, you're you're going to get to the point, I think, where uh, it, it puts you on a personal level with everybody. Yeah. And it, it's non-invasive. We, we already discussed that yeah. before, before. This we is even, easy, isn't it? Yeah, before he <laughs> even came on yeah. that. Uh, you, you just sit down and, and chit-chat. Yeah. And tell a little bit about what you do, what you don't do, yeah. or uh, – like you've been buds for a long time
0: awesome yeah that's the that's the truth so let's get into a little bit of that uh you know uh you've got a a illustrious career and you you do a lot of things so illustrious is a strong word (laughs) BJ well it was the only adjective I could come up at the time my (laughs) mind doesn't work so fast all the time uh but um tell me uh tell me a little bit about your career your background kind of
1: how you ended up doing what you're
0: doing and we'll get into all that good stuff
1: so I'm a golfer at heart. There you go. Uh, always have been. Yep. Got got started playing around five years old. Uh, funny enough, the way that we got started is my dad was never a golfer. Yeah. Uh, and for Christmas one year, I've got two younger brothers. And we're all pretty, pretty decent golfers. Well, I used to be anyway. Yeah. Uh, but pretty decent golfers. And under the Christmas tree, one year I think I was five or six. Yeah. Two younger brothers. There's three years between all three of us. Uh, we see them there, and uh, two paper sacks full of golf balls, like groceries. Gotcha. So we see them. We we'll go through Christmas, all this other kind of stuff. They were original Haig ultras. Some of the older guys out <laughs> okay. there will, will okay. know what they are. Yeah. Aluminum shafts, leather wrap grips. Yep. The original blade. Yeah. Uh, and I, I grew up on a farm just a few miles north of here. That must have been fun to hit at five years old. <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. But you want to know what it did is it taught us how to hit the golf ball. Oh, for sure. Or or it was rough. Uh, but we, we grew up on a dairy farm, so we spent most of our time between the three of us in the backyard hitting them into the cow pasture. We'd go get them, ones that we could find. Yeah. They weren't sitting in the middle of a pile. Yeah. Um, bring them all back, hit them again. Yeah. So that's that's how we got introduced to golf, never had a lesson. I don't know that any of the three of us have ever had a lesson. Yeah. Um and played golf all the way through, of course still play today. Now here's a note for everybody. If you want to play golf, don't get in the golf business. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> I second that. I, <laughs> I somehow stopped playing golf and I'm in the golf business every day. That's right. Mm-hmm. And
1: everybody else says, Well, you 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 know, you're in the golf business. You must play golf all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I don't <laughs> very rarely yeah but I still enjoy it and love to play and yeah. uh, uh, I love the competitive part of it right that's, that's for golf and any other sport it's the competition yeah. when you have two younger brothers we, we we had natural competition oh I'm sure you did so we we, we made it better together
0: yeah did um so that did that get you playing golf? Got you involved, and how did it? How did those? How'd you marriage that into being in the
1: you know the turf agronomic side of it? So, uh, real quick background story is we were in the dairy business. Okay, <clears throat> as I grew up, uh, uh, my grandmother passed away with cancer, and her last wish <clears throat> was to have something for my granddad to do, and she made the suggestion that we put a driving range in where the old dairy barn used to or the the dairy operation used to be okay so that's what we did and two years later she passed away Uh, we got to build it yeah I I think I was 10 years old Uh, my granddad was there and it continued to operate until about 10 years ago I think he's been passed away about six years now right um and and that's how I got introduced to it I was actually uh Weed eating along one of the concrete paths on the back of the driving range where the mats set. Yeah. And uh, a, a local guy here at Springfield Country Club saw me doing it and he said, You know, you'd be pretty good at, at, at working on a golf course. <laughs> oh, really? Well, what's that entail?
0: <laughs> Running a weed eater. <laughs> that's exactly what it did. That's exactly what it did.
1: So uh, for me, that was, I, I think I was 14 years old at the time. Yeah. And that, that's. The the rest is history, huh? Yeah. I mean that's the best way to describe it. Yep. Is, uh, I I love it. I enjoy it. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's really rewarding sometimes. Yeah. But I I can't I, I don't think I can see myself doing anything else.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the the. if there's a it's not really a negative, but this this business you get it's a love hate relationship. You for sure. It, I mean you you're in it, you love it. Everything about the business is, is why you stay in it, but at times, it's like, man, it's rough. It it can it can chew you up and spit you out. And I'm, I got personal stories about that. But, you <laughs> yeah, know, I promise well, you, we yeah. all do. <laughs> but uh, but you know, it, it's it's a it's a great business. It's it's afforded me a majority of my life, and I know you too as well. And we still do it to this day. And uh, you know, you, we're out here at Pebble Brook, and um, you know, it's the first time I've been here. It's a beautiful piece of property. And and um, I, just tell me a little bit about how. You, you ended up here, and
1: what the story of this place is all about. Okay, so I've been a superintendent for 15 seasons now, and I calculate everything in seasons yeah. instead of years. Well,
0: around yeah. Tennessee, yeah. how do you do that? Is that like three years? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or, uh, or 45. <laughs> yeah, so
1: if I make it through uh, to September the 30th in a year, yeah. I, I figure that I have completed a season. I got you. So, I got you. Uh, uh, here at Pebble Brook, we have bent grass. That's screens.
0: like a that's like a, a football player, or baseball player. That's how many seasons you got under your belt. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. So,
1: winter is your off time if yeah. you can figure it out yeah. and and try to decharge a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we go back to Springfield Country Club. So, uh, real condensed. Uh, I graduated high school. W- went to Volunteer State Community College, got a two-year degree in science, Yeah, nothing turf-related or sure. whatever else. Um, moved to Knoxville to work at a golf course up there, gotcha. uh, Avalon, uh-huh. and then got a call back to be the superintendent at our little nine-hole track at Springfield Country Club when I took over there. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then I went to work for Bob Schultz over at the Hermitage. Okay, uh, Did that for a couple of years. And then actually went into business for myself after that, um, and and was a contractor for the golf course that they were building in White House at the time, right? Uh, Bear Creek at Burris Ridge, and uh, there with Rusty McClendon and and okay. Patrick Hensley. Yeah. Um, so I did contract work. I did, I, I wasn't employed. Whatever there. happened
0: to that? Is it still there?
1: Not to the, stop the you. bones of it are still there. Yeah uh it's all grown up it's it's really an uh, unfortunate situation because what a fantastic track it it was i I mean it was a nicholas signature design
0: yeah didn't they have some
1: completed holes and stuff oh all the way through number 11 i mean uh, there was complete turf on the front nine yeah uh
0: so that so uh i had a a question that was asked to me the other day about you know golf courses closing and things like that. Not to derail you, we'll come back to your good. your career. But I, I got sidetracked. Um, the uh, uh, The question was: Is I, have I noticed any golf courses that have closed? That and that one didn't come to my mind. But I but after it did, and I was curious because. You know, there's there's a couple of courses and I think that one was kind of in the same time that was in in construction. And that was the only one that didn't pull out and come in and, and sort of resurrect stuff like the Grove did and Troubadour, which was Hideaway and maybe something else. For
1: same them. time period. Yep. Exact same time period. Oh, yep. seven to to oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly the situation when, you know, everybody remembers 07 right. to 2010 yeah, it or really. Even, yeah, it, it everything stopped. Yeah. Uh, and these big developments like that, it's exactly the same time as the hideaway, the grove. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I called it the hideaway, but yeah. Troubadour. Uh, but Bear Creek was one of those that was going to be north of town. Right. And. It was a Nicholas signature design. Only place in in my entire life that ever got to shake his hand, yeah, see cool. him in person, sure. Uh, and that wasn't, but for a short period of time, yeah. But the um, if I had to compare it to to what's out there today, yeah, um, I, I think it would have been a superior track for the area. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, um, but just tr- tr- tremendous layout, right and uh, tremendous amenities, just a great golf course. Hmm. It would have been nice if it had made it. It just, yeah. uh, But all the, about nothing's ever happened with it. All the bones of it are still there. Uh, I, I believe there's irrigation still in the ground and and all, all, all of your greens. It made it to the point of seeding greens. Right. Wow.
0: I mean, you know. It's probably a good thing, you know. I don't know. I, I don't want to say it was a good thing. It's probably not the right word, but I mean, I just was curious as to how that one didn't come back when everything sort of. I, I, was there homes around it or anything like that?
1: Nothing? No, no homes yet. Yeah. Um, uh, all of the infrastructure was in. Yeah. All of the uh, roadways and yeah. um, cart paths and all those things were in. So it it was it was on the brink of falling the other side
0: of. It. Gotcha. Well, sorry to derail it, y'all and, and everybody that's listening. Was a little course um, uh, conversation about one that didn't make it out in our area, and and uh, and you know it's unfortunate, but uh, I mean golf is that way. It's kind of stagnant in terms of building golf courses, but the new most everybody seems to be surviving and kicking. So
1: yeah, now now is good. Uh, you, business seems to be doing a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we go back into that, but when. When you look at that period of time where it got rough for a lot of people. Sure. Um, being self-employed, being a contractor up there, I was doing what I love. Right. I, I, if uh, if I ever saw myself in the golf business, it, it was always going to be building them. Yeah. That's that's one thing that uh, I really have a passion for. Right. I like dirt better than I do grass. Yeah. Uh, I know that seems weird, but to, yeah. to go through all of it. So you get to that point. And essentially, I won't say we were out of business, but just work dried up. Yeah. So you got a wife and a brand new baby at home, and uh, looking at how you're gonna pay the bills, <laughs> and you go. So the first thing you do is you start searching through job postings sure. and, and see where those things come up. And you know, I can look back across my entire career and watch. Uh, how God put some things in place right. and orchestrated some things yeah. uh across the way that that kept me on the right path. Yeah. Uh, I I can't say that I never looked for a job, but yeah. uh, more oftentimes than not they seem to work out. Yeah. So from there, uh, I went to be the assistant at Nashboro Village. Uh it's, Funny career, up and down, <laughs> all the way through. It, it never You're had covering a, all the golf courses. <laughs> yeah, it never had a never had a dull moment. Yeah. So uh, worked for Lynx Corp. There. Yeah. Uh, Lynx Corp goes belly up. Same same period of time. Yeah. Uh, went through some some changes and reorganization, and right. uh, about a year and a half later, got the superintendent's job. Under a totally different management company. At Nashville. At Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then another year and a half later, uh, we go under another management company. (laughs) And then finally in 2012, somewhere in there, it sold. Yeah. Um, And, uh, well, I'll just say I I, I moved on. Sure. And uh, went for a period of time. The hardest things in your life is when you go – for a short period of time, unemployed. Yeah. When you're used to working for a living uh-huh. and you wake up one morning and you don't have anything to do but take the kids to school. Yeah. Those are hard times. Oh. Like, Trust I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a worker. Yeah. So uh, that was really hard for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't super long. Right. Maybe two months. Um, but still, that was so – you know maybe a little bit of encouragement for the folks out there that are workers and been in the golf business and been a period of time unemployed yeah just just lay with it
0: yeah it's not a fun place to be I'll I'll it's an awful place to be it uh it leads your mind down some crazy roads and and what you want to do and especially for something that that's all you've kind of known and done you try to figure out what is it that I want to do and is it something that I want to get back into? Do I want to go a different direction? I, I had a lot of different things go through my head, and I thought, you know what? Just keep plugging away, and it'll, and you know, like you said, God'll put something in your life, and you'll figure it out. And you just kind of keep working towards something. And and if it's if it's a passion and you love it, then that'll lead your way. It'll it'll get you to where you want to go. I I, I have a lot of time. Uh, and over the the past four or five years, where I've tried to sort of get back going into my career, is been a little scatterbrained about what I was trying to do. One, well, you don't, don't
1: know you don't know where to go. Yeah,
0: and, and 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 if you and I've seen this quote a bunch of times, like if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere you you don't want to be.
1: That's exactly you know? right.
0: <laughs> and so I'm I'm you know I'm trying to get a little more laser focused about where my situation and have a little bit more clear vision about a lot of things. And even though I've got a lot of stuff going and and everything's cool, I I am trying not to get distracted by all the other things. And so I I would tell people that are in your situation like when and we both have kind of shared that same situation is try to be focused in on what it is you want to do and if it's something that, you know, you need to move towards just stay stay on track with it and it and that probably goes with just about anything in life it's not rocket science but don't man i just i started i mean i was like do i want to go be a lawyer i mean i started talking don't rush it. i started talking about stuff i was like i'm gonna change careers completely and and i was like you know some people do that and that's for them but they get laser focused about it and and they go for it and
1: they was like i always wanted to do this and they they just take off and do it so well the 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 psychology behind it, and I am no psychologist by any stretch. <laughs> I'm not <of> either. <laughs> but you look at it and uh, and and think about it. So it's a it's a bit of a demoralizing situation. Yep. So you're us as men, us as uh, providers, sure. leaders in our family, whatever yep. it is. Uh, you, you get up, and everybody takes off to school, and your wife takes off to work. And you sit at home. Yeah. It's not a good feeling. No, sir. It's <laughs> not at all a good yeah. feeling. And, and you, you know, I like to think, I, looking back on it in hindsight, you know how that you, you kind of yeah. revisit or sure. reflect in yeah. those situations. They're all character building situations. Yep. If you'll let them be. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then sometimes sometimes God hits the pause button. Yeah. And he's like, just just wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened in this situation. Did I go to a better situation? No, it was probably worse. Yeah. But uh, uh, still, the whole situation seemed right. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean. Oh, man. for sure. Um, I got called out of the blue, never met the folks, never uh, – I didn't even know who they were. So the Hollingsheads out of Smyrna, Tennessee, Smyrna Ready Mix. Okay. They bought Sycamore – valley golf course which is in ashland city
0: yeah
1: it closed in 2010 everybody remembers the flood that we had and oh in, my gosh yeah. in 2010 well the place had been closed for two years bank had had foreclosed on it for two years and i get a phone call out of the blue from mike Collinshead, who's the owner mm-hmm. um, and he says well i want you to come talk to me down here i said okay so what's what's the uh, you know what's the situation like what, what, what's going on? He said, I don't know. I hadn't even looked at it yet either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I meet him down there. The place has grown up, you know, two inches. They had been mowing it with a bat wing just yeah. to kind of keep it knocked down. Yep. No irrigation. Uh, none of it worked. Half of the backside of the golf course is washed out. Uh, no no pump station. So you come in and you look at this and you go, really? Yeah. Really, This is this is – this is going to be my employment <laughs> for the near future. And, but you embrace it. Yep. Embrace the suck. Isn't that what they tell us That's today? Right. Embrace the suck. Uh, but it turned out to be <clears throat> probably one of the most, uh, fun parts of my career. Yeah. So we took a golf course that was in disarray, uh, me and another guy, my right hand man who he is today, but he came to work for me there. Yeah. Um, and, and he funded it, and we put it back together. Made fairways again, got all the irrigation working. Yeah. We didn't hire any outside contractors. We just did it. Yeah. Um, and two years later, uh, we, we get it back in pretty good shape. They sell it out to another uh, another entity, and um, I move up here to Pebblebrook. Yeah. So the last – this is year two thousand, so six seasons here. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and then uh, as the superintendent, and then the previous May, May of last year, uh, we we actually took it over as as owners. Yeah, so that's a dynamic situation in and of itself to yeah. make that transition.
0: So how did that how did that come about? Is the the previous owners just stepping away, or how?
1: Yes, yeah, so they uh, the the previous owners. Um, had been in the golf business for ever and ever. Right. They owned Easton green. Uh, they owned Pebble brook. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was a situation where, you know, if things don't do real good all the time, it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. And where you'd been so through so many ups and downs with the golf business over that period of time. Yep. I won't say you get burned out, but you, you lose interest. Yeah. So, uh, And he and I are great friends. Sure. Uh, We we sat down and we had many conversations about it. And uh, finally, one day I looked at him and I said, well, I said, do you want me to take it over? I said, would that help you?
0: Yeah.
1: I said, honestly, I'd always wanted to own one. That may be the dumbest thing ever, (laughs) but (laughs) but I've always wanted to own one. Yeah. Uh, And... We, we worked out a, a lease purchase deal and mm-hmm. um honestly he's the happiest guy you'll ever meet now yeah uh, now can i say that for me all the time not right. so much but i am have I, i'll tell you in my career up to this point yeah uh w- with what we're doing um and in, in a lot of different aspects of the turf industry mm-hmm. uh both athletics and golf yeah uh, i'm having as much fun as i've ever had
0: yeah i i'll I want to talk about this a little bit because I had a passion. It was, I was about midway through a a superintendent at Brentwood country club. So I was about four or five years into it and, and, um, had an opportunity to look at a golf course. I'd been helping this nine hole golf course. And, and I really, if if I would have been smarter, I would have been in the very same situation with you is I, I just didn't, I didn't see the forest for the trees. What I, I mean, it, a 50,000 foot view. Yeah, I I I thought I, I thought I had to do all this stuff. And you know, I was, I had family involved and I had people and and I was and I would love, you know, don't get me wrong, I loved being a superintendent and I enjoyed doing that, but owning this golf course was something I thought was like I could be the superintendent, the GM, you know, just the whole overall operations. Something that still appeals to me to this, to this day, but the and the owner had owned the property he did they, they um, the uh it was an older gentleman who'd passed away so it was uh, uh, inherited by the kids mm-hmm. and um I just there the opportunity to do a lease purchase was on the table just take it over and start running pay them up back over time you know and I was like i if if I, I would have been smarter as a business person and and sort of understanding the dynamics and and just that they they were just trying to run it just to have and you know and we could made it so much better even as it, you know as it currently stood and I didn't have to make all these changes and do all this stuff I would have been a golf course owner too and that might not have been the greatest career move but you know I was it was something that I was passionate about and I'm curious as to why you made that leap and say okay that's because I always had this I, I like you said the, the 30,000 foot view
1: I just I just missed it completely well, for for me, uh, I am twelve miles from home. Yeah, uh, from where I grew up. Yeah. Now, some people would say that they they don't want to do that. We're close to family. You know, all all my kids see all their grandparents and such all sure. the time. So, for for us, me being out and about for so many years and and traveling to work and back and forth. Yeah. Uh, for us, it was a good situation. I knew the golf course. I knew how it ticked. Yep. Um, I, I knew all the end. I knew what it needed, what it didn't need. Right. Uh, and at that point, it, it was actually easy is not a good word because anything's a risk. Sure. Uh, but if if you got good, solid principles, good, solid work ethic, which I, I think that I do, um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. But if you're a superintendent – and going to be a pretty good one. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And always going to be a lot of work. Yep. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, so w- when you look at the whole situation and the, the way that we got into it the way that I looked at it is is I've been where I didn't have nothing. Mhm. So if we didn't have nothing again, I really didn't have a lot to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm minimize the uh, risk minimize the risk, and 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 don't take it i guess if i did have any advice and i'm not an advice giver but if i did have any advice yep. to say don't personalize it too much yeah. okay don't don't find your significance in it and if it does well or it doesn't do well or any of those things F- find find your significance in the work and the people yeah uh i love people Sure. So most people. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I love all people. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, some people are challenging to to deal with from right. time to time. But providing a good place to work, a place that that people want to come to work, they want to buy into what's going on. Yeah. You cast a vision. Those are fun things to do. Yeah. Where you can sit down with a legal pad and write down your wildest dreams. Yep. And then go back and put a price tag on them, and you'll see you can't do them. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you find a way to figure out how to do them. Or you find a way to figure yep. out how to do them. And, and a lot of times that has to do with being resourceful, yep. uh, t- taking what you have and use it yep. for, the, for the betterment of the golf course. But the, the funnest part of it is knowing at the end of the day that you can improve something, yeah. and you have the control to be able to improve something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: improve the business, grow the business if you want to take that much initiative to go into it mm-hmm. but what i would say is is don't take it too personal yeah in other words it, it, and and kind of to leading back through my career you, you can see where i might have that point of view yeah. that it can come it can go uh, if it all went belly up tomorrow would we do something the at this point yeah, I, I, I'm comfortable with it. Yep. But we're going to get up and work as hard as we can every day. Yeah. To do the do the best we can, grow the business. But if it doesn't work out, don't sweat it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good take home message, and and it's something that I try to incorporate in a lot of these podcasts. Is, you know, how can you help people that may be sitting there listening and thinking about things and and you and you, you without saying it, you've made a a really good point. It's, you know. Take the leap. Do something that might scare the hell out of you, but do it, and don't think about the consequences necessarily. And, to, and, and just figure out how to make it work. And if you're if you're happy and passionate about it, and it's something you
1: don't worry about the negatives. The the most important thing that I found, uh, and and I learned it not that I knew it because yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah. But the most important thing that I found is do your diligence. Yeah. So. Superintendents out there, turf managers out there, whoever they are, they manage some type of budget, yeah, uh, some type of dollar figure that they have to work with. Well, it applies to the same situation. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> sit down and see what it's going to cost you to run it. Yeah. Sit down, sit down, and see where I, I hesitate to say cut corners, but where you can shave a little bit of expense, mm-hmm. knowing. After being in the golf business for for that long, yeah. the golfers don't care. Yeah. And and I think that's where it gives the superintendent a unique perspective as an owner mm-hmm. to look out here and go, you know, our number one priority is our customer, mm-hmm. period. And if you keep that perspective correct, you know, I, I I've been into the rut sometimes where you go, yeah. you know, I hate these golfers. I don't <laughs> uh, uh, forget them. They're going to be on the cart path all the time. Yeah, uh, I I don't care if it. Rain six drops. Yep. Uh, If they don't fix their ball marks and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) So on the private side, public side, doesn't make any difference. We're public. So we get folks of all walks of life. Yeah. And one thing we've done as golf a really bad job of is taking the fun out of it. Yeah. So can I say we wanted to bring fun back to golf? We don't try to get too crazy. Yeah. But we, we want you to come here and have a good experience. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. It's not about the golf course. It's about the experience that you have from the first tee to the 18th grade. Yeah. And if you can't come out here and have a good experience, you're not going to want to come back. Yeah. So managing the property and managing the facility and all of that, we try our best not to cut corners. There's some some things that we can't afford to do. That's just right. the nature of the beast. Yep. But – we know where we can let go a little bit and it not affect that customer experience. So when you, when you break those numbers down and you look at them in that respect and keep your customer in perspective, and that goes for private guys, public guys, listen, folks, yeah, they pay your paycheck. Yeah. Keep that in perspective. Yeah. So I, I I may own the place, but I don't own the place. (laughs) Right. The folks that come in here and, and patronize us by playing golf Monday through Sunday is where my paycheck comes from. Yeah. So uh, I try to keep all those things in perspective.
0: For sure. I'm curious as to how the uh, (laughs) – I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you now. How does the (laughs) (laughs) owner-superintendent meeting go? (laughs) Well,
1: uh, sometimes it's a fight. (laughs) Sometimes it's a fight. So – and and really it's a good plan. Yeah. Pardon me. <clears throat> it's a good plan, so you sit down and you make your budgets as close <laughs> as you can make them. Yep. Uh, we're we're actually in the middle of a bunker renovation right now that we're we're doing in-house sure uh, I, I'm running the excavator because those are the things that I really enjoy to do right like I said before um, and then I've got a good good group of guys down here that that you know they've bought into the vision yeah. and um, our own board and we take care of them pay them well mm-hmm. uh, even sometimes when the numbers are, are pretty tight, yeah. but we, we still pay them well. And they enjoy it. They're here every single day on time ready to go to work. And even when the stuff's tough. Uh, but we, we we don't try to micromanage. So if we know we need to do something, mm-hmm. we try to set aside the time and the money to do it. Right, Money dictates it sometimes. But that budget... Having that roadmap—that's all a budget is—is yeah. a, a roadmap to see where we're headed. Yeah, you know, in a 12-month period, this is where we got to be. Yeah, this month may not be so good. The next month might not be so good. These might be really good. Yeah. So we we manage them that way, but a plan always takes, in my opinion, always takes the pressure out of it. Right. So at least you know what you're looking at, mm-hmm. and unexpected happen all day, every day. It's yes. just, it's the just, nature of the business. It's just the way they go. Yep. And as long as you don't get too overzealous on spending money here and there and keep yep. a little bit, keep a little bit over here for those rainy days. Yeah. Uh, it runs pretty smooth.
0: Yeah. I think you would have a, you, you specifically, because you've been on that side of the business and you know, those unforeseen come up and you know how budgets work and how to make more with less and all these kind of stuff. I think you, you know, We both would have, but you. I'm talking specifically about your situation, would have the the ability to understand and and be able to visualize, okay, the winter's going to be tough. We've got to do these things. If we didn't have one single person come here, how do we keep the lights on? How do we pay the people that are working because we can't slow down? And – you, you above anybody else have that ability to do that. And I'm sure that's what you think about throughout the year because it's easy when you've got a place covered up with people and cash registers ringing off the hook you know and everything's going well to just okay we're, we're great and then all of a sudden now you're middle of January and you got nobody here for well, weeks.
1: Don't, don't don't treat the good don't treat the good months like a credit card because yeah. uh, that's exactly what it is as a credit card. yeah so if, if you're borrowing on it now, you're going to pay it back when there is none. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we build that into our budget and did over the past, you, you know, we did it for a half a year last year, started this year, yeah. uh, and and saved money. I, my, you know, you know, you know how it goes that uh, the the first year we were <clears throat> tremendously blessed, yeah. and but my wife, and she, she's she's. My business partner Involved, too. Yeah, sure. Uh, she's as tight as they come. So I'm the spender in the yeah. family, and uh, so
0: she's the w- superintendent
1: goes to to argue I, without a doubt, <clears throat> without a doubt. Hey, yeah. we need to do this. I need to buy this. I need to do this. Right, and I see how this is going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but she's she's very uh, common sense oriented. Right. Very very, very tight. Very efficient. Um, so I argue my case instead of to a greens committee or a, yeah. or another owner that I'm working for. I argue it to her.
0: I'm gonna say you got a harder deal than
1: well, somebody. <laughs> but she's reasonable too. Yeah. You know I can say, look, look, if we do this now, we can maybe evade this later. Yep. Yeah. And then at the same time, where I'm looking in the summertime, and I see all this money flowing in, and I'm like, well, we 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 need to buy a new fairway mower. Yeah. Well, what's that cost? <laughs> She's like, no, that's a negative. Yeah. And then you know, you sit back and you go, yeah, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So it it's everything is is <clears throat> pardon me is bottom line oriented. Yeah. Now I know that sounds well, bad it and be. sounds like yeah. a a sounds like a a old cruddy businessman. Yeah. But if you don't make money, you don't survive. Sure. Uh, and and. The worst thing in the world my greatest fear my fear is not running the business or failing or any of those things yeah my greatest fear in all of it the thing that i pay the most attention to is the people that work here are counting on us to continue to work here yeah you don't want to ever have to go to somebody and say unless they're really bad but yeah. um, you don't want to ever have to go to somebody and be look man i gotta let you go yeah that's so that's what motivates me.
0: I, I would imagine so. You know, it, it uh it would be for me too as well to think, you know, I'm these people's lives are at stake. I am I, you know, I, I want to make sure that they're taken care of, you know, and so above all else, it's the the drive to keep things going and to keep people happy and providing for their family because you know, you took the you took the chance and the risk, but they're they're betting on you.
1: That's and, a, you I know. mean that's the whole situation. Yep. When you buy into the vision yep. and you 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 present something out there that you want to try to work toward, uh, that they have to believe in it. Right. Well, if you sell it, it's the same way that you go to a greens committee and, and sell to them, Hey, we need to renovate. Yeah. What's, what's the benefit? Yeah. (laughs) Why do we need to do that? Right. Well, I mean, as a superintendent, you come up with all these things. My greens are 25 years old. My bunkers are holding water, uh, My sprayer leaks everywhere as I drive around the golf course. Yeah, but in the eye of that that greens committee, or in the eye of that single owner, he looks at it and goes, "Well, I don't see all that stuff from my office." Right. What's wrong? Numbers look good. Yeah. What? What? what, Why do we need to do anything different? Yeah. So that's that's really where you get into the fights as the as the. Uh, alter egos go you look in the mirror the one looking back at you is the superintendent and the one looking into it is yeah. the owner and he- here's what makes it easier for us yeah i, I can't say there's not st- stressful times but we try not to get too stressed out yeah but what we were talking about before is is try not to take possession of it so much uh, if 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 that helps anybody i hope it does because possession is what leads to uh, obsession yeah and you can get obsessed How and it th- can affect every every aspect of your life yeah. so when you look at possession it's an entity that can go away or come or be sold or whatever those things are right you're just here to kind of manage through it right so even though you own it, don't don't take full possession of it. Then you get obsessed. Right. If something goes bad, you, you get bent out of shape. Everybody else around here sees it. Uh, so it, it's kind of a mentality that yeah. be careful how much possession you take out of it. Yeah. Guys, ladies, managing golf courses, it don't belong to you. <laughs> For sure. Now, I, I'm curious. I don't know how else to yeah. say it. Well – you
0: know, and, and, and people can take that a hundred, you know, a bunch of different ways, but I know I'm curious as to how often are you here? I mean, do you like, are you constantly around? Do you feel like you have to be, I mean, I know you wear a lot of hats and stuff is that that's not being possessive or, or, or obsessed, so to speak, it's doing what you need to do.
1: I am not a micromanager. Yeah. I despise it. Okay. Uh I like to empower the folks. Sure. Here's what needs to get done. I don't care who does it. Yeah. doesn't make any difference to me. They're all trained to do everything that that we do out here. Right. <clears throat> so here's what we got to get done. I've got to go do this. When I get back, it'd be great if it's done. Yeah. Uh, I don't care how you do it. Here's where we need to be. You figure out what's in between. Right. And then accountability. hmm come back you you look man that's fantastic or hey we could have done it a little bit different this way Yep. well that takes the pressure off of me and then it empowers the folks that work here to take possession of it and treat it like their own too uh and and that's one thing that we do do here is is what you know when you look at employee owned kind of cliche uh but if we do good we, we we make sure everybody does good. Yeah. I'm not possessive about it. Like I said, it uh, I try not to be possessive about uh, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um and we let people do what they do well and then trust them. Yeah. Don't don't uh don't feel like you got to watch over everybody all the time. Most of the time they're perfectly capable of of doing what they're doing. Yeah. Train them well. Mm-hmm. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to screw up. We're going to tear something up. Yeah. Uh, We're going to do something we shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. It's part of life. Sure. We all do that. Yep. So be gracious about it and uh, constructively criticize the behavior. Never criticize anybody. Yeah. But say, well, did you think about doing it this way? Um, I'd done it this way in the past, and it worked pretty good, but I don't make it the right way or the perfect way. So... Figure it out. That's what I had to do. Yeah, figure it out. Yep. If you screw up, I'm good with it. Yeah, we'll fix it, whatever it takes. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but at the same time, when you do that, mm-hmm. what I find is I don't have to look over people. Yeah, and uh, don't have near the stress. Right. And we all work together. Yeah, it's I- a big family here, and I, I'm I'm very proud of the fact that. And I try not to be proud about much, but I'm very proud of the fact that uh, that that w- you could go talk to anybody on the property right now, and sense that they're a part of the family. Yeah. So that's that's the way that we want it to run.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, hey, kudos to you, and and that I think you're starting. You have a, a a a an excellent foundation for how to be successful, and that's to take care of the people that work for you to not run around here like you're chaotic like a chicken with I mean, your head I mean, cut yeah. off uh, to, so to speak and and just you know keep everybody calm and and empower people to do their job you know train them up teach them along the way I mean those are all the And quality. let them
1: let them learn on their yeah. own let them fail.
0: Oh for sure. And
1: yeah. but 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 don't get too bent out of shape when yep. they fail. Yeah. They won't fail the next time. Mhm. Or they should, and if pre- they do, it's a it's yeah. a more serious situation.
0: And they'll appreciate your response to their their learning experience. I won't call it failure, because we can all learn from it. But they'll appreciate you not going overboard or overreacting to something that you know. Obviously, people screw up, and there and some screw ups are bigger than others. But you know, it's how you handle. If you handle every situation the same, regardless, then people are going to be a, a whole lot better apt to want to you know go to bat for you for whatever you need you know
1: yeah so that i mean and you asked the question you know how often am i am i here uh if, if i'm not anywhere else i'm here yeah uh i'm i'm might spray greens on a friday morning i might fertilize greens i might go out and spray roundup that's what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh you know all of our post-emergent stuff i might be in an excavator digging a bunker out reshaping a bunker i uh, I, I might be over here weed eating on the hillside. Sure. So, uh, it, it's just what we do. Yeah. Now I'm getting older where I can't <laughs> do it as much anymore, but I hear you. Uh, so you got to think about what your future is. Yep. Um and that's kind of where we got started. So the the entity that owns the golf course is Grounds Care Unlimited. That's okay. the name of our company. Right. Uh, seems odd, seems kind of quirky, but it, it really describes everything that we do. Um so
0: and you're not just to clarify you're you're uh not just a single owner you've got a a partner with you no partner no partner no partner. okay my well okay. my partner that is, may, is me and my wife so i got, so, you. I got uh, you.
1: no partner we it, it was a good situation the way it all got orchestrated and how we got into it right um and here again i go back to the god thing I, yeah I, some people may not like to hear that but I, i'm just going to tell you for us Uh, that's the way we operate our lives and sure and it makes all the difference yeah when when you feel like that you're you're headed in the right direction so uh but really one makes the other work gotcha so if it it, if it's okay i'll explain real quick what what grounds carry is so about a year a little over a year ago um we got involved with aquaid solutions Mm -hmm. um And Acquade Solutions is a North American importer for the IMANCE and Verado line of machinery, manufactured in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little out of the ordinary from the traditional type of machinery that we in the States are used to using. Gotcha. So it's conceptually new. Uh Um, And... They're the importer, and we are the dealer in Tennessee and Kentucky for the sale and service of that machinery. Okay. Well, what makes us unique, and this is what I think uh, Aquaid has done very well, is they've assembled folks that are industry veterans, mm-hmm. golf course superintendents, turf managers, whatever. Those are the folks that that are putting this together. Gotcha. Um, and they're real-world real world solutions and when you know solutions can be cliche too yeah uh, but they they really do solve problems gotcha so but they're brand new mm-hmm. uh m- most folks it, it is catching a little bit of uh momentum so probably the biggest that they're uh biggest piece of machinery that everybody's heard of is the coro field top maker which is a phrase mower gotcha um and we provide contract services for athletic facilities, football field, baseball field, softball field, golf courses, mm-hmm. uh, all, all of those things. But we 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 do it under the guise of all of it. So when we got ready to get this thing started, there's a there's a buy in yeah. to, to get all of that going. Sure. It, it's just the way any kind of dealership type situation. I had to learn all this <laughs> on the fly too. So uh
0: but it welcome to the business
1: version yeah of that's, right. Podcast. <laughs> that's right i don't know if it's the business version but it's it right I, I hope people can hear in my voice that it's it sounds like a lot but it's it's a lot of fun yeah well, i mean that's what it's, it's coming, a lot it's for a com- me it's a lot for some I can others see you my- smiling
0: nobody else can i i know it's a lot of fun for you and it's fun for you to you know share your story so
1: continue on uh but it the the core o Field Top Maker is is really the flagship piece of machinery out of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know five years ago if anybody had ever even considered it mm-hmm. or even heard of it or thought of it. Yeah. Uh, the The technology and the machinery has been around for almost two decades, oh. but only in Europe. All of this stuff is manufactured in the Netherlands and. No, no slight on all our American brothers, right? Uh, and American manufacturing companies, but w- we tend to stick with what we know. Uh-huh. We just change it a little bit, yeah, um, to make it look fresh and new. You know, like Dr. Horvath said in his in his Tennessee turfgrass talk, the real motor's not changed since 1875 or right. whatever it was. I don't remember the year, right? But you, you. Is it the best option that we have? It may be. Yeah. Does it do the job? It absolutely does. Is there a better way to do it? How do we know? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's really trying. No, nobody. Nobody. They just basically put put sensors and and computers on them, and they, they do what they do better. Yeah. But we hadn't really we hadn't really got out of the box and changed it any. Right. Well, uh, those Europeans over there. They do things different than we do, mm-hmm. and I, I've just learned this in the last year or so how much different they do. So for them, uh, everything is is solution oriented. I know that sounds weird, but um, it's very solution oriented. So um, it solves a problem with the with the Coro or in the phrase mowing situation with the way that and I I am going to kind of lean on our machine because I think it's the best out there. Sure. But that's my bias to have. Um, we have options with ours that really give you so much uh, versatility in your cultural practices. Mm -hmm. They're just not what you're traditionally used to. Right. Um, we're traditionally used to a core airification and a top dressing. Uh, but really, what our goal is is to manage that thatch and organic. Right. Well, with this machine, we can um, we can remove it in various percentages by how the machine is set up. Um, that's the very unique part of of the Coro versus anything else that's out there. Is that there's about I'm I'm going to say probably nine or ten different options mm-hmm. on how we can set the machine up accomplish your goal right from zoysia grass to bent grass to bluegrass, to bluegrass perennial ryegrass, uh bermuda grass so
0: depending on the settings you can be as aggressive as you want to be absolutely so to speak yeah
1: absolutely uh we we can get to the point with it that um if you want to re- replace sod on a t-box we can take two inches of it out and we can match it to the exact depth of your side and you lay it back in and you're mm-hmm. back playing on it or we can do it as light as a tickle hmm um quarter of an inch, stand the tire up, clean out some of that organic. Right. And we remove it. Okay. So that's... Uh,
0: is that part of the machine as well, the that's, removal?
1: That's correct. Yeah. So uh, it all gets conveyed into a trailer and um, you, you take it off site. It does create, you know, quite a bit of material. But right. Culturally speaking...
0: Is that viable material? Can you use that or is it mostly just... Well, in, in
1: a Bermuda grass situation, it, it very much is. It's it's nothing more than a high quality sprig, fresh sure. sprig. Yeah. So yeah, it can be reused. Yeah. Uh, but the organic side of it, you know, that's that's the one thing that we haven't quite figured out yet is mm. we create a lot of material when mm. we do the the practice. Um, it's exactly what to do with it. Yeah. Um, we did a job last year, uh, locally where we did several acres, but probably created 350 or 400 cubic yards of material. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to put that in perspective, uh, a regular dump truck that brings your sand yeah. holds 20 cubic yards. Yeah. So you can do the quick math on that. It's a lot of material. Yeah, for
0: sure. What do, um, do you see as the benefit of phrase mowing?
1: So for me, what
0: what what are what are people looking to do it for? That's a open ended question, but I just yeah, and and
1: and going into the the more popularity of it, so it's 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 catching some some wind, especially from some higher profile people. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) what I believe that the advantages of it are is a solution to that organic problem. Right. So for any type of rhizomas type in, grass. in lieu
0: of aerification or um in conjunction with
1: it depends yeah so it, in a situation it could be in lieu of right in some situations it could be in addition to gotcha it just p- kind of depends on uh what what your goals are right so if you, you know, let's take a soccer field for example it's never been really maintained great doesn't drain well uh you know, it's pumpy mm-hmm. and uh, has scalping issues and things like that, we can remediate that with a five-eighths depth phrasma. Mm-hmm. So we take all of that material out, remove yeah. it. Um, and then what we always like to do, there's another piece of machinery that that is very innovative, that really probably doesn't get the spotlight as much as it needs to, mm-hmm. but that's the the shockwave. So it's a linear aeration. Gotcha. Uh, and when you do those in conjunction, uh, you know I'm going out on a limb here. I'm I'm a at this point I'm a non-traditionalist, right? Uh, and always looking at how we can do things different but mm. better, um, and solving problems, not medicating it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Uh, and I, and I think those are the beauty of all of the m- machines is that they do solve problems right now set up on them it depends on your goals for each each person and uh we've done a lot of it now up to this point so we kind of understand the hardest part for people to swallow is recovery period yeah so when you do it do it in an aggressive manner yeah you you've got in almost all cases in a growing season it's well less than 30 days Mm -hmm. but You hate to put a time frame on it, but it could be. Yeah.
0: Being that superintendents and sports turf guys and gals um, are creatures of habit. We tend to do the same thing over and over again. Or We're followers more so than anything. We do what somebody else is doing. How do you – I would imagine the biggest challenge is getting someone to understand the idea of something new and something that could help them solve a problem that they may not even – have a clue about so how do you
1: how do you go about doing that my greatest challenge for any sales of the machinery or any uh contracting of the machinery is old school thinking Mm -hmm. people say it's getting in front of people it's all these other kind of things about selling uh but it's not it's 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 the way we've always done it it works Mm. we're good not changing it yeah but I guess you could kind of say I'm on a mission. Sure. I like fresh new things. <laughs> I, I like, and and anybody that that knows me out there will know that I'm probably a little off the wall. <laughs> uh, so, but we look at all those things differently with yeah. a, with a fresher perspective. So, in in this day and age with golf or athletics, everything gets used so much. You you either have to schedule your downtime, or you, you just have to do it even at the peril of your customer or your players or right. whatever. Um, what a lot of this stuff does, um, this whole line of stuff does, it allows us to accomplish goals of variation, That's an organic matter, remediation, removal, mm-hmm. uh, management in play without a ton of disruption. Yeah. That's the beauty behind all of it. For sure. Uh, so for, for a, soccer field um we'll, we'll, let's just use that for an example um if they know they need to to relieve some soil compaction and things around gully mouths or midfield or whatever else that's the best example i can think of right um i can come out before a game and use a piece of machinery and you i hesitate to say never lose turf but but it'll give you the best fighting chance right to not lose turf in those heavy traffic situations and nobody's ever even the wiser is that the the shock wave or that's the shockwave? yeah uh, i'll tell you some of the research very little research on it there is some coming out coming out and i know folks like research but uh everything is geared around for athletics nowadays especially in in professional soccer minor league soccer football yeah everything is engineered around that clag rating uh Per you know the the amount of hardness. Yeah, that, you're gonna have to explain that one. I know it, but do you, <laughs> you're gonna ask me to explain it, and I don't. Know. <laughs> well, I know it's, what it's, it does is is it, you you drop a a, a hammer, yeah. so to speak, yeah, from a certain distance every single time, and however high it bounces, it tells yeah. you how hard the field is. Yeah. Now I'm an old country boy, <laughs> so I try to I try to make sense <laughs> out of things a little uh, simpler than that. Right. It, here's what it does. It tells you how hard it's gonna be to fall on. Yeah. So if you fall on a, a, a pad of concrete, daggone if it's not gonna <laughs> hurt. Uh, but what's funny is most of these youth athletic fields that that your kids and my kids are playing on these days, yeah, that's what they're like. Yeah. Uh, so what what we see with the shockwave of one treatment, one uh one period of time of operating it. Um, is it can reduce that Clegg rating in most instances by 50% in one pass. Yeah. So that's huge for compaction. Oh, for real. And safety. Yep. You know, that's – for us, my kids play soccer and, and sports, and um, when I was playing ball, nobody ever said anything about concussions. No. You know, yeah. you, you ran into the pole behind the uh, home plate and, you know, saw stars for a minute, walked to the dugout. Yep. And got a drink of water, and coach said, "You ready to go?" Yeah, that's how we operate. It. It's a much different deal nowadays. It's, it's. I tried coaching a couple of years ago my uh, oldest girl's softball team, and I had to go through a class to figure out what a concussion was. Yeah. Well, what I've learned is, is they're serious. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 serious business for sure. So safety is is for that situation is what's probably gotten us into it more than anything
0: that's a big selling point for that that operation is to as you're improving um, the safety of the field you're relieving compaction in and, and a lot of areas where you know they don't have the ability to do that and and with the increased risk of and the you know the conversation around um, concussions and things like that I mean you know it's important to say hey look this is this has a lot of agronomic benefits. Mm-hmm. And I can explain all those to you. But as a byproduct, it also is gonna do some things for your field in terms of making it safer to play on, if a kid were to fall or an adult or whatever. And that's a great narrative to have in terms of everything you're trying to do. And, and I, and I think that that opens a lot of doors for you, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's basically at this point where it's a, it's a from the ground up situation. Everything that we're doing at this point is from a ground up situation. And, uh, we've had a few things go our way, a few things that haven't gone our way, but, uh, to work with these folks, to, to be able to get some of this out there, the, uh, that's the big challenge is Nobody's ever heard of it. Yeah. So you even present it to somebody and they're like, "Well, I don't need that."
0: Yeah. Well, how? how no, so no. Tell me the process. Uh, it's a linear aeration
1: yeah. solid
0: tine. I would imagine. How deep are you going? So
1: they're actually not not tines. Um, they're blades. Right. Or yeah. knives. I call them knives or or tines or whatever. But yeah. So the way the shockwave works is is. Uh, the particular machine that we have that we use for contracting purposes is two to ten inches, so mm-hmm. we can we can set the depth, set the at, depth. What, okay. at whatever. Um, and what it does is the the blades run in a linear fashion behind the tractor, right? So in a straight line, but a continuous line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each blade each blade is slightly offsetted, so. People are not going to be able to see this on the podcast, but right. I'm going to show you by hand gestures. It. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's hard to <laughs> explain it yeah. without really showing it to yeah. you. So what happens is, is each blade goes into the ground at a different point from the other. So no blade is ever in the ground at the same time as another across the machine. Gotcha. And what it does is shifts that column of the soil either to the left or to the right. So you're creating the fracturing in between, gotcha. in between those, those linear channels. Yeah. And if you could see behind the machine um, and watch it shift that soil column back and forth, mm-hmm. you could see what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same situation with a deep tine that has a kick, mm-hmm. except it does it in a in a, a linear fashion instead of a forward forward reverse gotcha. fashion.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you um, do you have a place where people can go uh, uh, see a video or watch it or
1: Twitter is the only thing that we have at this point that's mm-hmm. basically all we've used for marketing purposes yeah. uh, and that's uh, at GC unlimited but we are uh, in the process of putting a website together where we'll have all thing all of those things yeah. and and have an explanation of them and um, allow people to get used to them and mm-hmm. for us the biggest thing is is demonstrations yeah Um. Getting in front of people and, and helping them understand what it does and how it does it and uh, all of those kinds of things and I think it's it, it's going to catch on but it's it's so new at this point that uh, it's going to take some time. Right.
0: And so, so grounds care. Do you own the equipment? Or are you working with the? So we own it. Man- yeah.
1: That that was kind of part of our our buy in to you. be a dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we here, here's the deal. We use what we sell. Gotcha. So if if you look at a situation and you can't justify the cost of a piece of machinery, it doesn't mean you have to go without the use of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can provide you the service uh, where you could utilize the benefits of all the machinery w- w- without the price. Right. Now, in, in a lot of situations, it's far more advantageous to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some situations, for, for small guys as well as big guys... Um, that that it's easier to pay for a contract service and that's that's really what we wanted to do right is we didn't want to just go after all the high-end folks that have money Mm -hmm. we want to be able to provide help and a better situation for even the small mom and pop folks over here right the small little league baseball field in in my hometown Mm -hmm. um where we can come in and say, look, we, we can do it for this. You're, you're never gonna buy the machinery, but you can use the advantages of it. Right. Uh, let us come help you out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about all of it is we can touch all aspects of it, all the way across the board from uh, the super high-end professional to the mom and pop baseball field yeah. uh, and a cow pasture. So what all
0: pro- uh, products or services are you offering? To the customer?
1: Uh, we, we offer the phrase mowing surface. We offer the shockwave service, um, And we offer a root pruning service. So okay. I'm that, That's gained a lot of popularity too. And you uh-huh. probably, a lot of folks have seen that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, the effects, a lot of people think it's snake oil, but until you see the pictures of it. For sure. And it, it works. Yeah. Um, but that's another line in that, or another piece of machinery in that line. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the Varedo Cedar side, They're fine turf seeders. So typically what people consider a slit seeder, and and this is just kind of a plug for our machinery and how much different it is and how effective it is, uh, is a slit seeder cuts a channel, and you sprinkle the seed over the top of that channel. Some of it gets in it, some of it
0: doesn't.
1: Um, I call that an overseeding. Well, what we do with our machinery is an interseed. So it's a dual blade channel. Uh, It has a blade that's set on a triangle, so to speak, Mm -hmm. or a V. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts a slit in the soil and drops that seed, places that seed directly in the soil, closes it back up. So it's a positive seeding situation. Gotcha. Uh, The company itself claims, if you want to look them up, uh, 96% germination rate. Once that seed comes up, we can almost guarantee it to come up. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happens after that, you know, it's – (laughs) <laughs> anybody's business for sure <laughs> that's back to the turf managers you do what you do after yeah, right. that right uh but also the the huge selling part of it is is the spacing mm-hmm. um tied to spacing in the industry by double right 1.2 inches yeah that you can place a channel of seed in there and get so it reduces seeding rates mm-hmm. you still get the same same effective stand of turf yeah uh and it's fast. Yeah, you can seed up to seven miles an hour with it.
0: Oh wow! And this is all tractor driven. Yeah, I'll tra- all yeah. tra-
1: uh, some of it. PTO. Yep. yep. Most of it is PTO. The seeders are not; they're all ground driven, gotcha. meter driven. Yep. So uh, you, you could some of them. We have one that's a small one that you can pull with a, a regular utility cart. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some that can go behind a thirty horse tractor. And of course, right. you can go on up from there.
0: Right. And and you're providing so people would get in touch with you and y'all are y'all are, um wanting to do the service for them you 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 they'll call you and say you need phrase mowing or or the um shockwave or whatever correct that's the service you're providing for them
1: correct and it, and if they do have interest in purchasing do the same thing get yep. in get in touch with us and uh, <clears throat> i always like people to look at it Yep. so if you if you get in touch with me uh we'll bring it out to you and show it to you and whatever you want in the situation. Mm-hmm. And I maybe get a little too liberal on that side of it. Yeah. Uh, my, my heart is to help people. Yeah. So sometimes you, you, I have a problem not <laughs> saying no. Yeah. They'll do their whole
0: driving range T for them. Yeah. No, I won't. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: just to, just to put that yeah. out there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so we wanna we want you to be able to get all of the benefits of, yeah. of the machinery. But uh we we've got a couple of other things in the pipeline that we're gonna be selling that yeah. are coming out of Europe. Um <clears throat> and I think people are really gonna find. Yeah. Uh they're gonna be greens tools. Okay. Uh uh triplex cassettes. <clears throat> And and really totally different than anything anybody's ever seen before traditionally. What are they doing over in Europe that we're not doing over here? I do <laughs> I, I really don't know. They uh, they they try to solve problems. Now yeah. this is no slight on anybody right. in the United States of America. Yeah. Because it's it's a lot of really smart people that come up with a really a lot of great stuff. Yeah. But I, I think that we get stuck sometimes. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I agree with that. But if we keep that mentality, we're never going to find something that works better or yeah. faster or less disruptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but can can you imagine a situation where you never have to air fire greens? Uh, yeah, I
0: can. I've got to – I won't talk about it much on here, go. but I – uh, for uh, for <clears throat> reasons that I'll re- remain nameless, but I uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that because it you know especially coming from someone who uh, likes or you know you're a business owner and disruption of aeration is a is one that uh, not a lot of people enjoy when they're when, they, when they're <laughs> thinking about the bottom line.
1: Now, well, <laughs> and, and and I'm a golfer. You're a golfer. Yeah. Most of the folks probably that listen to this are golfers. Yep. So here's what I figured out on the ownership side. I never looked at a hole that big of you know, I never looked at an airification hole as um, something that was a big deal. Right. You know, we could roll them, top dress them, and they're pretty good to putt on. Yeah. You know, with all the the good stuff that people are doing out there nowadays, it, it really doesn't affect your putt. But the psychology behind oh. a golfer and a hole yep. is – is off the charts. Yeah. Like we get phone calls. I have to work in the pro shop every now and then. Um, and sometimes I like to, but I have to to fill in from time to sure. time. But it's funny to me, you'll get a golfer call, and the first thing they'll ask this time of year, uh, have you punched your greens? Well, sir, what do you mean by punched?
0: yeah that's a good one
1: (laughs) so but that you know they're aware of it but it's the psychology it's the craziest thing i've ever seen and i'm a golfer yeah um but that hole could psych anybody out for sure and
0: it 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 like they won't come play Oh, and they're going to blame—they're going to blame their misputts on
1: those uh, airification Absolutely, holes. I don't care if it's a thirty-two handicap; it doesn't make any difference. There, that hole yeah. is all their problem that day. Yeah. So, if you could do things in a different manner, that didn't have a hole. Yep. Could, could, it, here's what we're out to do. Yeah. Golf is a game that ninety-nine point five percent of the people will never play competitively. So it's all for fun. Yeah, you probably overestimate. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that will never play for a dollar, other than <clears throat> your your Saturday morning side bet, sure. and sometimes that's 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 important. Yeah, it makes it fun. Oh, but for sure. But for the most part, uh, if it's not fun, people are not going to play it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be fun. So we got to figure out how to make it fun. Yeah, and. You know, I've, I've kind of – I won't say I've kept up with it, but rolling the golf ball back and uh, changing the clubs and all these other kind of things. Yeah. Heck with all that. Let them boys bomb it. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. You know, pe- people say it makes golf courses obsolete. I, I agree with the tradition of golf. Mm-hmm. I am a traditionalist at heart. But for patrons and fans and – For guys out there playing, when you stand here on the first tee on a Saturday morning and these guys back up to the blue tee and you're like, this is going to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they do is they take that brand new Taylor made or whatever (laughs) kind of driver they have and uh, they tee that sucker high and they take a cut at it and fly it all out there. Good for them. Yep. For them, that's fun. Oh, for sure. And hitting the ball a long way is fun. Yeah. Yeah. so there's there's a lot of different ways you could probably change it around, but for us that's not what we want to do. Yeah, we we want them to have fun.
0: Yeah, I mean they're not, you know how how long have they been talking about raising the goals in basketball because they you know they, it's too easy for them or or you know they take fighting out of hockey. I mean people that that's what people want to see. Entertainment. I mean, it's entertainment. They want to see dunks. They want to see people. You know it doesn't matter that. Why the do you athlete, watch a NASCAR
1: race? I, well, yeah, you I mean, can be politically correct or yeah. politically incorrect yeah. all you want to, but. Yeah.
0: I mean, the that's there's a reason why they people stare at the car wrecks. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. I mean, you know, it's I love NASCAR racing for the you know the the strategy and a lot that's of the like. other things and that. But a lot of people like you, they go and wait for the big pileup. You right. know, and that's un, you know, it's unfortunate it, that it we're happens. We're not trying to paint anybody no. into a box here. No. We're just
1: you, you know what I mean. It just it it, it is what it is. We uh, life short, folks. Yeah. Uh, don't ever regret anything. If I, I guess if we were looking to put a, a cherry on top, yep. if you never do it, you'll never get a chance to regret it.
0: Nah, for sure.
1: Uh, don't leave those things on the table. Use your gut. Use good sound practices mm-hmm. that everybody has. Common sense. Uh, and have fun with it. Yeah. If you get that, If nothing else, maybe will inspire somebody through this podcast yeah. to say, you know, man, I've been thinking about doing that. Yeah. And... But I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get into it. Right. And we didn't either. But when you see an opportunity, try not to let it flow by. Yeah. You... Sometimes those things will come.
0: Oh, I, I agree with you. I think if there's anything that can be said about what I've learned over the years and I'm smarter now than I was back then was it's, uh, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, but realize that, that the, uh, the only person you're really com- uh, competing against is the person that you're looking at in the mirror. That's right. And, and don't, don't let them talk you out of, don't let that person talk you out of chasing big dreams and doing things that might scare the hell out of you because, uh, you know, it, it, it really is the, you know, it, it, Life, they say life is short. Well, it's the only thing you get to do, so it's really the longest thing you'll ever do. (laughs) That's right. But it, in terms of that, I mean, you're only on. You only got a short amount of time to do whatever you need to do, and and I think I think chasing big dreams, going after things, trying something new, those are all really good things for people to take home about it and you know and hopefully if one person gets something out of that then they then they'll do it because you you're a product of it this podcast for me is a product of it i mean you know there's a lot of things that that just like you just got to start you just got to figure it out and go it's the
1: most fun you will ever have uh, even it's uncertain sometimes yeah even though it, it doesn't look so good, or the money might not be just right, or mm-hmm. all of those things, don't, don't, try not to be too possessive about it. Get <laughs> you a plan. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you got to have a decent plan yeah. anyway. Plan your work, and work your plan. That's right. That's right. And and sometimes you don't have a plan, and yeah. you just have to wing it and do the best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but but don't let those fears don't let those fears stop you. It. I, I, you look at all the great things that have ever happened across history. We're not doing any of those kind of great things. We didn't invent a light bulb or do nothing right. like that. But, you might one day. <laughs> I don't know if that's in my wheelhouse or not. But, <laughs> but I mean, the point behind all of that is is that if you never get out of the box, if you never let your mind get freed up a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, to 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 be able to come into your – Calling your destiny, whatever you want to call it, right? What what you what what makes you happy, mm-hmm. then you'll never experience it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious, um, in terms of your ownership hat, and how you view the golf course, and I and I frame that and say. You know, as a superintendent, we look at things. oh, we need to do this. My greens are this way, or you know, like you're doing a bunker renovation now. There's certain things that you know from a superintendent's point of view you'd like to do or, or want to do. From an owner's perspective, how do you view those projects now in terms of how it's going to uh, impact? Like, do you look at it and say, is that really something we need to do? That's going to get me one more customer.
1: That's that's exactly I, the way that we look at it. Yeah,
0: because uh, obviously there's 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 cost to doing business. I mean, a mower's going to go bad, or you're going to need to
1: replace those things. It's just you like t- I mean, cond- here's the simple stuff. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, here's like the, the air air simple stuff people don't think about. Yeah. You got a light bill. You got a water bill. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you got all these services nowadays that you have to pay for, cable television, internet, phone. Uh, those are all just basic necessities that you have to make the place operate and run. Yeah. You got to have fuel, uh, all of those things. So... At the end of the day for us, it's it's all about that customer experience. Mm -hmm. So when I here we've not had to borrow a lot of money. Here's the hard part to explain to folks. When it takes six months or eight months to do a bunker renovation, here's the way we're doing it. When we get the money to do a bunker, we do the bunker.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We don't we're not we're not Spending two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on banging them out all at one time. No, yeah, and and it's the communication part of that. Yeah, Uh, so for us, it as as far as that goes, we're we're tight like most people have to be. Sure, but if you communicate that, people are good with it. Mm -hmm. They see the improvement. Yeah, they see that you're you're working to make the place better, and then they understand the economics just because. They live it themselves, right? Some people don't, but mm-hmm. they're not thinking right anyway, right? But so they they see the improvement and they respect that, and and that's kind of how we've addressed everything. Um, so it, if it can't improve uh, uh, the the golfer's experience, and that goes down to anything, rebuilding right. a green, whatever, right? If it needs to be fixed or keeps dying or whatever else and it needs to be addressed that way, then we gotta address it. Right. Um, but if we just wanna make something a little bit different and there's really no advantage to it, it, it gets put down on the list. Right. Not gonna say it goes away, right. but it, it, it gets to the bottom third of the list instead of the top third.
0: Yeah, I would I would imagine. I mean, that's how you gotta operate. I mean, there's you you probably have some I'd love to do this kind of things on your list. You know, like this would be awesome if we oh, could. You ought to
1: say my list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> but you you have to be practical about it. I mean, you know, it, whether you're a superintendent at a golf course now, or and you and all you're doing is managing your, your daily operations. You have lists that you got to do on a daily basis, and then you have things that you'd love to do, and you have lists are you know things that are actually coming up you know mm-hmm. and you you're constantly you know moving those pieces around and trying to fit things in and and we all have i'd love to do this i you know redesign the whole golf course if you could you know and and uh but you got to but like you said you got to temper that with what's the golfer experience and where are those things a priority on the list and and how do we fit them in with the budget and what we're doing and how we're going to do it
1: what, uh, one of the best books i've ever read was seven habits of highly effective people yep Uh and I use it every day. So when you start classifying what, what gets done, what doesn't get done, so on and so forth, you, you got – if I remember correctly, I kind of have it written down or or know how to prioritize it, but it's prioritizing things, mm-hmm. whatever you do. Um, there's some things that take precedent in your life. Put them number one mm-hmm. and then the next one. And then operate that way. Sure. Don't let them get confused. Yep. In other words – I am never going to let whatever we're doing business-wise uh, or, or anything else affect me not going to one of my children's basketball games. Mm-hmm. Now, there may be a conflict sometimes that it just doesn't work out. Right. That's that's just the way things are. But when you keep things in perspective, for us it's God first, family, everything else. Yeah. And we, we – that keeps us from taking too much possession over it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know this sounds weird and everybody's <laughs> going to go, he's a gum liar, but uh, w- w- we don't take that much possession over it. Yeah. it. it If it goes away, if it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. so what? Right. Here, for all the haters out there that will say, oh, you failed, you failed, you failed, so what? You yeah. never tried it. Yeah. If you don't have any haters,
0: then you're not doing something right. I
1: guess that's right. I try not to have any haters.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know who who hates you, but I mean, I, you know, you you do this long enough, you'll find somebody. I'm sure does. <laughs> somebody
1: does somewhere. But I mean, that's and here's what I find, mm-hmm. and this will help those folks. I hope. Yep. Is typically they have regrets. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's a big one. That they either n- never forgave themselves, or they had the opportunity to do something. And they got scared about it, cause they something was secure or mm-hmm. something was comfortable, or um, you couldn't really see see in the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's the funnest part. Yep. I know that sounds weird, but it's the unknown of the end of the week, or this the unknown of this afternoon, sure. or or whatever. Uh, Folks, we, we live in a challenging business. Yeah. You move and flow every single day in some fashion or another. Yep. And stay fluid. You don't have to know what's gonna happen six months from now to be effective. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you don't have to look at it. Right. But you don't have to know. Right. Be fluid with it. Mm-hmm. Don't take too much possession over it. And if it flops over on itself, yep. I try not to flip a bird to anybody, but <laughs> you just turn around, you turn yep. around and you go. So what? Yeah, it's just stuff. Yep. In the end of the day, it's just stuff. Mm-hmm. Have fun with it. Right. That would that would be what I would tell folks.
0: For sure. Well, we crammed a lot in in uh, <laughs> in, a, in this podcast, and I and I I got a lot. of it. it was fun chatting. What what did we what did we not talk about that you want to talk about? Anything that sticks out to you?
1: Nothing really. I don't well, even know how long we've been talking.
0: Uh, well, it's been a while, but, <laughs> but, but it, it's good. It's been a lot of great conversation. So. To, to uh, wrap all this up and um, tell everybody, okay, about where the Pebble Brook is, let's talk about that first and how they can come out and enjoy the facility and then also uh, about Grounds Care Limited and how to get a hold of you and all that and where all you they can find you and all those good stuff.
1: Okay, so real real quick, we're uh, on I-24 westbound toward Clarksville, exit 35, yep. five and a half miles off the interstate. There you go. Uh, that's, that's Pebble Brook and uh, – for Grounds Care Unlimited right now, the only marketing that we have, if if you know me, you have my direct contact number. Sure. Uh, and it's my cell phone at the moment. Uh, we are in the process of building a website. But mm. if you want to see some of what we do, uh, you you can go to our Twitter account, which is at GC Unlimited. Okay. Or you can go to my personal account, which is at Matt Palter. Okay. Uh, and I'm not a prolific poster but i try to do my best to right. post the important stuff and uh encourage people that way yep. and, and you know help other folks out same same way with you getting sure. getting stuff out there so um that's who we are that's what we do it yeah. ain't nothing glamorous right. it's it's fun for me Give it a shot.
0: Yep. Well, I'll uh, when when uh, I put this out, I'll make sure to tag everything and and share. I'll do I'll do both of your uh, accounts on Twitter, and that's typically how I do mine as well, and and um, seems to work pretty effectively. And. I, I never do enough. I, I feel like, you know, in an in advertisement and, and whatever you're trying to do, I just don't never feel like I do enough. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I, and, and the more the better, right? I, but, I, well,
1: uh, I, that's what they keep telling us anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: But, um, well, appreciate you, uh, doing this, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, love being out and, um, you know, and, uh, continued success with everything and, and, uh, best of luck, man. It sounds like you got a lot going on, but it's fun and I can see the passion you've got. And uh, if anything I can do to ever help, uh, man, I'll, don't don't hesitate to reach out. Well, we
1: we appreciate that, and thank you for uh, letting me ramble on for a few <laughs> yeah. minutes and tell our story. But yeah, uh, yeah, if if we can help anybody, here's what we want to do: perfect, help folks.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, that that's a good way to uh, wrap it up. And uh, folks, uh, that was uh, Matthew Powell. Go check him out. Uh, he's got a lot of great things going here at Pebblebrook and at Grounds Care Limited. And um, be sure to. Uh, telling me you enjoyed the podcast and, uh, that's it. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for, uh, uh, everybody out there and, uh, just go rate, share, subscribe. I appreciate you, uh, everything you're doing for me. So until next time, I will talk to you soon.